Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Today on the show, Jay Note, the president and CEO of Keanu College, joins the show to discuss the federal government putting a cap on international student visas for the next two years. We also discuss the new esports arena that just opened up at Keanu. And to close out the show, Shannon Rex of Fuse Social joins us to talk about the Heart of Wood Buffalo Awards. Joining me on the phone is Jay Note, the president and CEO of Keanu College. Jay, great to have you back on Fort McMurray Matters. Great to be here, Ryan. Thank you so much for taking some time for us today. Uh, the two-year cap on international student admissions. Uh, first off, do you know how that will impact Keanu College at this time? Yeah, thanks for that, Ryan. Uh, you know, quite frankly, there's still a lot of details that uh, we're waiting for. And when I say we, I'm talking about the entire post-secondary uh, sector right across the country. So what you're seeing is some information that has been provided by the federal government uh, with some overarching uh, principles and some considerations that, that they have put forward. Um, but what it means specifically for Alberta and what it means for specifically for Keanu, we're going to, uh, we're going to wait to see what that is. We do not have that information. Uh, in fact, uh, we're, we're keeping a very, very close eye on this. But what we do know is that uh, the government is looking at imposing a uh, cap on uh, visas that they will process, student visas that they will process across the country. Uh, they're looking at, and I believe the last number I saw was a 35% reduction from last year in terms of the total number of visas that will be processed um, across the country, which really brings them back down to 2022 levels. Now, what I can also say to you that, um, you know, for Alberta, uh, we're a relatively newer province when it comes to international education compared to uh, provinces like uh, British Columbia and Ontario, which I do believe the, the policy that's coming down is going to be more impactful on them from an adverse, um, adverse perspective than it will be on, on Alberta. But again, that's speculation on my side. Uh, what we also know is that um, the federal government is going to rely on the provinces to play a much larger role in how uh, student visas will be distributed. And so each province, from my understanding, will be capped in terms of the total number of um, uh, visas that will be approved uh, or be processed by province. And we also uh, understand that that would be based on population, so a percentage of the population of the entire country. So, uh, again, we're waiting for details. And um, we are uh, talking amongst my colleagues, of course, and we're waiting to talk with our ministry on this regard as well. But uh, the idea is that the province will be more uh, involved in the visa processing uh, um, 
I guess my process, I guess. With the new visas being slashed by more than a third and uh, that total being divided between the provinces by population, uh, is that a concern at all for Keanu College? As I know there are international students that uh, do uh, call Keanu home for their educational uh, purposes. Yes, for sure. I mean, all of us will, uh, all of us uh, here in Alberta, the institutions are concerned about that. And again, a lot of that will, uh, our level of anxiety will be dependent on what that number is. And, and I, again, I, I, if I go by what I'm hearing, Alberta should be okay, somewhat okay, and not be uh, too, um, too, impacted as far as the reduction of visas that will be processed uh, i uh, the key question is how will the province determine how they're going to distribute uh, those visas amongst the post-secondary institutions in the province once they know what that number is uh, and we have not had that conversation yet so you can be rest assured that uh, we we will be advocating uh, to at least uh, maintain the number of uh, international students that we have because they are a very critical um, contributor you know to our classrooms our communities you know and the economy you know and we have and we have taken this institutional responsibility very seriously in terms of welcoming and supporting them because we know they're going to be an integral part of our community and they have also helped uh, fill some of our labor shortages and and rural and northern communities across the country actually um, need uh, need to make sure that we're not adversely impacted because that will have an impact on our communities if if uh, you know it's a one-size-fits-all model which I don't think that's what this will be but you know that's the, a concern I have in the back of my mind is making sure a one-size-fits-all model uh, is not applied because our, our region is unique and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we can continue to support our communities based on the programming and the type of students we bring in. Immigration Minister Mark Miller has said this gives the provincial and federal governments time to tackle issues in the student visa system that have allowed school, some schools to take advantage of higher international tuition while providing some poor education. Now, I guess what's your response to that? Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know, we, the, you got to unpack that that comment uh, in a in a in a, a number of different ways. Uh, you know, this this whole international student student situation is a complex one, and and there is a, a, a shared sense of responsibility that has to be in place here. That includes the federal and provincial governments, and and, re, and including the post secondary sector. We got to work together on this. Like, let's not kid ourselves. You know, the the international student and Enrollment has brought in much-needed financial support to institutions, and and it has benefited Canadian students as well, because we're able to bring in programming that you know our domestic student population alone couldn't support, uh, given the numbers. Uh, you know we couldn't offer some uh, some programs and courses because the the numbers were too too small. With international students coming in, it allows us uh, with the numbers to to bring in more programs, more courses, and and really providing more choice in our in our regions for uh, uh, post-secondary programming and the financial support perspective is you know 
government operating grant funding from a per-student head uh, perspective has been declining for decades across the country, not just Kiana, but across the country. And so institutions have been looking at ways to become less reliant on government funding, uh, like when we're talking about operating grant funding, and, and it does allow us to pay for some supports and services that operating grant funding can't provide. So what this alludes to is uh, provinces needing to look at uh, how the public is supporting post-secondary education and uh, you know if if we are going to be capped on international students then that is a cap on a way for us to become less reliant on government funding so you know at some point a conversation needs to happen is do we get more funding for post-secondary uh, institutions um, you know given that this uh, this opportunity is now being impacted in in a certain way and again i'm uh, it's, it's speculation without all the details but that's that's the kind of things that are going through through uh, our heads at this point i guess you could say this is the other side of the coin the ceo of the national association of career colleges has expressed some concern over the federal government preferring graduate students over those in career colleges and even accused ottawa of quote-unquote scapegoating career colleges do you have a response to that yeah, again, um, uh, that one I'm not 100% familiar with, but I will tell you that uh, there have been uh, institutions in Ontario uh, and uh, in somewhat in BC that you see in the media, you see, you know, some some bad scenarios where it's actually uh, created some negative uh, publicity in terms of how international students are are. Um, basically you know taken care of in in some of those locations in fact even the uh, the residence uh, challenges and the housing challenges most of those are largely because of the larger centers in in uh, in Ontario and BC it's not something that we're facing um but but you know this is what i mean i hope that there's not a one size fits all approach here because the majority of institutions, and I include Keanu in this, uh, the majority of institutions are viewing the importance of international in, uh, students being inte- integral contributors to our classrooms and our communities and, uh, and our economy, and really welcome in, them in as part of our communities as opposed to looking at them as a, as a as a revenue source right we they are a revenue source for sure but at the same time we see them as as key contributors to to uh, all that we do so i think uh, that comment is more related to um um maybe they're feeling like uh, scapegoats and all of this uh that part i can't comment on all i can comment on is 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 at the end of the day we're looking at quality education as uh, as our, our key area of focus and making sure that you know we're treating all students equally and domestic and on and international and providing them the programs and services that they deserve right so um yeah that's all i can comment on that particular situation uh, uh you know every uh every sector has uh, has bad seeds and i think that's what ircc is trying to stop Coming up, more from my conversation with Jay Note on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. We're back on the phone with Jay Note to discuss the new eSports Arena. What are your thoughts on the new facility? Well, it's a, it's a great facility. It was a very exciting uh, day for us. 
we officially launched it, but uh, it's uh, something that uh, has been in place for quite some time, and it does allow us to once again keep our youth in the community. Uh, it allows us to to uh, provide programming that our youth, um, you know, have been uh, very keen on uh, on uh, you know learning about, and again get jobs in the area. So it's uh, it's all aligns with uh, some of the key areas that the college focuses on. So excited about that. And we're excited that we were able to launch it uh, in the way that we did. We had some great representation from um, our, our local MLAs and the, the mayor, as well as um, uh, our MP and, and other delegates. So uh, it was exciting. It was an exciting time for Keanu, an exciting time for our community. This is the first of its kind in Alberta. What's it like to say Keanu is the first in a project like this? You know, it's, uh, it goes back to our our teams and our and our the champions, internal champions. They saw this as an opportunity to come forward. They recognize that this is a multi-billion-dollar um, industry. They recognize the type of jobs that are um, available in this in this sector, and and they really um, wanted to make sure that what we do was top-notch and quality, not just to be the first. And you know, one of the surprising things that that we uh, we shared with uh, some of our delegates that were here is, you know, we've been a top 10 finisher in eSports uh, Canada in the post-secondary power rankings uh, for uh, for the last couple of years. And believe it or not, we even competed uh, against teams like Harvard and Texas A&M, and we beat them. You know, so it's not just being the first. We're, we're striving to be the best. And, I mean, this isn't just for students in the eSports program. This can be used by student groups and rented out uh, in a way. So that's an extra way to get even more people involved. 100%. And, you know, we just had a, a conversation with um, um, the, uh, the Composite High School, the principal there, and I had a conversation how we can, you know, because they have an eSports program there, and we talk about pathways and, you know, again, keeping our youth in the region. And, yes, there's youth groups that can come in there into the facility. And also it's a it's a great uh, opportunity for corporations to use it for team building um, uh, 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 exercises and so forth. And, and we've had a couple of uh, organizations do that already so this is you know we are um, a college that's open to the community and this is one of those areas where they can benefit from that as well you've mentioned this a couple times that that this allows for piano students to stay in fort mcmurray wood buffalo after graduation how so well, again, uh, it comes down to the types of jobs. Uh, you know, a lot of these uh, students, um, even though they might not be uh, physically working at, uh, at at some of the uh, organizations that that deal with esports, uh, they can actually work remotely from home. Uh, an example I'll give you is uh, just a, a few years ago, my son was uh, the uh, color commentator for the Anaheim Ducks uh, esports team, and he did that from home. So, you know, there's lots of opportunities for our students to, to learn, live, and work here. And, and this program will allow that. What do you say to some of the skeptics of this uh, new esports program? Because uh, they've been not vocal, but uh, definitely heard. Yeah, I was a skeptic as well. <laughs> coming into it, I, you know, I, I was one of those parents that saw my kids uh, 
playing on video games, and I thought that's all they were doing was playing video games. When in fact, it's far more comprehensive than that, you know. And you know, I asked my son uh, this question one day, like, "Hey, like, why don't you go out and go play and do something? Why are you just watching other people playing this video game?" And and you recognize the video game when they're watching. There's people commenting on the game in terms of how they're playing. And he goes to me, Dad, he goes, "You know, you 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 watch hockey, right?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, how different is this?" How different is is you watching a hockey game from me watching another player playing this 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 video game and there's color commentary going on on about it? And I'm going, hmm, you're right. I had nothing to I had nothing to debate him on. He's absolutely right. That's what's happening. It's it's just a different way that that the youth are engaging with technology and uh, and it's it's a it is competitive. It is a multi billion dollar industry. And my my focus in anything that we do here at the college is um, providing opportunities for our students uh, to uh, take advantage of programming that interests them, but at the same time is going Going to give them an opportunity to get jobs, and and I think that's the key. And then another key contributor is can they stay in the, and live in the community and, and and work in the area of interest that they have. Um, you know, I, I'm a, a strong supporter of lifelong learning. I'm a strong supporter of uh, you know people furthering their education and and making sure that we have those kinds of programs available for students who are interested in these areas, especially again if they can get jobs. Keanu was the first ACAC member to treat esports as an athletic team. Why was that important for Keanu to consider when uh, developing this? Well, I think, again, when we looked at it from an all-encompassing uh, element, yes, it's great to be the first. We wanted to be the best, but we also wanted to have credibility. And uh, and being a part of ACAC with uh, all of the other Husky athletics programs that we have, we saw the synergies. We felt that, um, you know, it gives that level of focus that this um, program requires. And at the same time, it's in alignment with what's happening happening in, in other areas across uh, North America for sure, but but across the world. So you're seeing more and more of this uh, happening across the world, and, and Keanu's been a leader, and I'm proud of that. Awesome, Jay. Thank you so much for the time today. Jay Note, President and CEO of the Keanu College. I look forward to getting you on the show again here today. You bet, Ryan. Thanks again. Up next, Shannon Rex from Fuse Social on Fort McMurray Matters. And we're back with more on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. Joining me on the phone here today is Shannon Rex, the executive director of Fuse Social. Uh, Shannon, how are you doing today? Good, thank you, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I understand we're uh, catching you on the phone here uh, from not Fort McMurray, but uh, in Calgary. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually, I'm traveling today. I'm meeting with the Alberta Nonprofit Network, um, working on some strategy with them for our 2024 year. So, Sounds good. I used to be joining virtually. (laughs) That that sure beats uh, the virtual meetings for sure. Uh, We've had a few years of those, so it's uh, good to get back in person. Uh, Shannon, I wanted to ask about the... uh, the uh, Wood Buffalo Awards, the heart of Wood Buffalo Awards, for someone brand new to Fort McMurray and has never heard of these before, maybe just describe what that heart of Wood Buffalo Awards are. Yeah, for sure. So the heart of Wood Buffalo Awards are um, an awards program that highlights the champions in the social profit and volunteerism and philanthropy sector of our community. Um, So all of the things that happen in our community that 
are a part of social profits obviously wouldn't happen without the generous dedication of time from our volunteers, from our board members, um, from our funders and donors and sponsors, um, as well as the leadership um, from our social profit executive directors and their staff teams. So it's really just an opportunity to highlight all of that excellence, all of the work that goes in uh, to making the community what it is from that perspective in a year and to be able to highlight some of our champions. We also have a couple of categories that focus on collaboration. Um, so it's a great opportunity to be able to share with the community the ways in which organizations are really intentionally working together to, to bring about change. You mentioned the categories. There's eight award categories this year, including a new category. What can you tell me about the uh, Equity, Diversity, Dignity, and Inclusion Award? So that was a, a new category that's come up this year, and we actually worked with um, the Multicultural Association a little bit on the development of what this category was going to look like. Um, so this award spotlights a social profit organization that has made a profound commitment to creating a more equitable, diverse, and inclusive environment, um, specifically for historically marginalized groups, so that could include women, Indigenous peoples, uh, vis- visible and racialized minorities, people with disabilities, LGBTQSIA+, immigrants, and refugees. Um, so the goal is of the award is to recognize people that have made a contribution, acknowledging that it's not an achievement to get there. It's a lifelong journey and process to being able to continue to make things better. The Board Leadership Award. What can you tell me about that award? So that particular award highlights um, board excellence. So we know that social profit organizations rely upon strong board leadership and the dedication and commitment of so many board leaders. So it's an opportunity to be able to recognize some of those who really give back in a huge way to our organizations um, and to celebrate their contributions to uh, the sector. Also want to ask about the uh, social profit award. What makes that award a, a special one to be nominated for? Oh my gosh, I feel like they're all special to be nominated for, but I think in uh, like parallel to the board leadership award, you know, you have a strong board and then you have a strong executive and management team and there's a real opportunity to highlight organizations who have gone, like there's been a lot of change um, in our community recently. Organizations are dealing with a lot and so we have a number of really strong leaders that are helping to navigate organizations and their programs and services and their teams through that change. Um, so I think especially in, in reflection of kind of what the community and our sector has gone through over the past little bit, um, it's a great opportunity to be able to shine a light on some of those who are, you know, working tirelessly to be able to keep up with programs and services that are so valuable to our community. The Newcomer Engagement Award is uh, the next one I wanted to ask about because uh, there's a bit of a special criteria for that one. There are. So this award is specifically for people who are new to the region. Um, so have been within Fort McMurray with Buffalo for three years or less um, and who've supported the social profit sector through either their leadership, commitment to volunteer work or engagement and employment. So it's for individuals who are new to the community, have jumped right in um, to the work and have a passion for community and have been really big advocates of our sector. The collaboration of the year, what kind of projects uh, may get nominated for that? Oh, there's so many, so many good projects. Um, We've got a number of organizations. Last year or the year before, we had like a mental health collaborative um, that was recognized and um, received. We've had um, partnerships between St. Aidan's and Arts Council of the Buffalo in the past that have been nominated for their excellent partnership. Um, A couple that I could highlight. I know there's been a really big partnership between Fort McMurray Heritage Society and the Golden Year Society in terms of their volunteerism efforts and how they're working together. Um, that's been 
really, really excellent to see. So lots and lots of opportunities to identify collaboration. Um, and it could be, it doesn't necessarily need to be just from social profits either. Um, it could be sharing resources and expertise of individuals, local business, social profits, um, all of that kind of collectively um, for positive community impact. These awards are open for sponsorship. How can organizations uh, go about sponsoring the awards? Yeah, they are. So we have a few award categories that are still available for sponsorship. Um, And if there are organizations or businesses that are looking um, to sponsor an award, we have all of the contact information and available sponsorship opportunities posted on our website um, with a sponsor package. Um, So the contact for that is actually going to be our staff person, Ebenezer. So he's our manager for leadership and special projects and is overseeing Heart of Buffalo Excellence Awards this year. So you can uh, send him an email or give him a call. We also want to highlight we're so excited that Suncor is back with us this year as our title sponsor for the event. They've continued to work with us and support us as we've grown the program over the years. Um, so we're really excited to be able to share that they're back as title sponsor. And you're also looking for volunteers for the selection committee. How can they go about uh, you know joining? We are, yeah. So we uh, have a number of opportunities open for the award selection committee. So how the awards process works is we receive all of the nominations. I believe they're open this year until March, middle of March. And then we have a selection committee that will go through all of the nominations. Um, there's a scoring system. We, ha- we try to have a really diverse representation at that table from people from across the community, different um, sectors. So if you're interested in volunteering, um, the time commitment is between 10 and 20 hours spread across three or four meetings. Um, and it can be virtual or in person. Um, so their opportunities are available on wbvolunteers.ca. And again, if you go to fusesocial.ca and you go to the Heart of Wood Buffalo tab, um, you can scroll down to the bottom and there's a click here to apply for the volunteer opportunity as well. Among some of the sponsored uh, awards include the Community Impact Award last year. It was won by the Northern Trailblazers. What can you tell me about uh, their story? The Northern Trailblazers? They were um, nominated for their exceptional work working with kids and growing their basketball program to support kids from all ages from across the community. Um, They've had a really positive effect um, on our community in terms of how they're giving back to youth and supporting youth development. Um, So we're really, really proud to be able to recognize Rachel and the Northern Trailblazers last year. And one more reminder, how can people nominate uh, others for the uh, Heart of Wood Buffalo Awards? So Heart of Wood Buffalo Award nominations are open, and they can go to fewsocial.ca. And under our Social Impact tab, you'll see Heart of Wood Buffalo. So if you click on that link and you scroll down, you'll see all of the award categories, and there's a button under each one that says Submit Nomination that'll take you right to the nomination form. All right. Shannon Rex, the Executive Director of Few Social. Anything else you'd like to add today? No, I don't think so. We're just really excited to be able to offer the program again this year. We're really looking forward to the event that's taking place at the end of May at Mac Island um, to be able to have our reception and recognize all of the contributions of these exceptional, exceptional community members who really support our sector and, and make the community what it is. So get those nominations in. Um, the, better, the bigger the nominations, the better. The more details that you can provide when you're nominating someone really help out the selection committee. Um, We have an option this year on the form to be able to upload supporting documents. If you've got stories or news clippings or testimonials, we'd love to see all that as well. Um, But yeah, just get the nominations in and we're looking forward to seeing everybody at the end of May for the event. Shannon, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much.
so much, Ryan. Have a great day. That was our show for today. A big thank you to Jay Note and Shannon Rex for joining the show today. We have another busy show lined up for tomorrow, so I hope you can join us for that. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally. Have yourself a great day.